Hi, I'm Deepa. Hi, I'm Amy. And welcome to F This, a feminist podcast. So today, what are we talking about? Well, we're going to talk about marriage, Specifically about the commonality of women changing their surnames when they get married to men. We'll talk about same-sex marriage a bit at the end of the podcast as well. So this might seem a little old hat, something that feminists have talked about ad nauseum, perhaps. But the question then is, why do the vast majority of women in the US and Australia, the two countries where we're from, still change their names when they get married? And sort of the big question we're asking is, is this a problem? What does it tell us about gender in our everyday lives that most women in these two countries change their names when they get married? So a bit of history as to how this conversation started. I was talking to a colleague at work a couple of weeks ago. Um, She'd just gotten married and she was telling me about how she's starting the paperwork of changing her name. And I thought, why do women still do this? Why do they still change their names after they get married? And then I thought, well, Amy, this is something we've got to talk about. And then we started looking up statistics from Um, all the statistics we found. Then it got a little bit depressing. Yes. So 80% or more than 80% of women in Australia take their husband's name after marriage. And that's true of American women as well. Roughly about larger than 80% take their husband's names. Yeah. The majority of women in the U.S. do change their names when they get married. There is a recent study um, that was taught published in the New York Times that says that 80% of American women currently change their names when they get married. And this is actually a decrease from the 80s and 90s when more women were changing their names when they got married. Um, And that itself had been a change from the 60s and 70s, which was sort of the height of the second wave of the feminist movement and women's liberation, when there was a decrease in women changing their names. So this current 80% is actually like a lower percentage Mm -hmm. than it has been in previous decades. However, two interesting things about this. There is a study in 2017 by this Portland State University researcher whose name is Dr. Emily Schaefer. Got to give her cred. And so her survey found that 70% of Americans think women should change their names. Yep. And even more disturbing, 50% of those think that women should be legally required to change their names when they get married. Jeez. And over half of those who said that women should change their names when they get married... The reason they gave is that women need to be more committed to their to their role as a wife, so to their families and to their marriage, than thinking about themselves. And this is what starts makes this issue a gendered issue, right? Yes, absolutely. It's similar in Australia. Um, a survey of um, this magazine called Men's Health, their readers found that ninety six point three percent of men wouldn't take their wife's name. So therefore, this is a gender thing yes. that women are expected to and men And we're not aren't. shocked by this, but it's nice to have the evidence. Yep. <laughs> yep. And uh, to back up what you said um, around the legal requirement is that the same survey found that 63.3% of their readers, predominantly men, say, said they would be upset if their wives kept their maiden names after the marriage. Upset. Yeah. So, I mean, really, the question kind of comes down to why does this matter? Mm-hmm. Why is this predominance of women changing their names in the present day a feminist issue or a gender issue or something that women might be caring about, concerned about, etc.? And what we 
kind of want to talk about today is a bit of a history around this um, that's actually sort of about what name changing, how it's a symbolic representation of a wife becoming one with her husband in both the sort of social and the legal identity sense. So really, the historical aspect of this is this, this something called the doctrine of coverture, mm. which might sound like it's about wearing clothes, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> what it should be. Right? What it coverture actually refers to is this legal precedent um, whereby a woman's legal rights are subsumed under those of her husband's when they marry. So the woman actually loses independent rights under the law, right. and her rights under the law are represented by her husband. So this was part of English common law for several centuries, including most of the 19th century. Mm -hmm. um, and this was so this also translated into the US during that period as well. Um, and then around the late 1800s, there were a series of laws called Married Women's Property Acts that kind of changed the situation. And a lot of that was because with these legal rights, um, women couldn't own property or have control over property because that was one of the rights that was considered um, the husband's on behalf of both the husband and wife. Right. So a really cool pioneering scholar on women's history in Australia, Patricia Crawford, describes this as, this is my favorite quote to describe it. She mm -hmm. says, quote, a husband and wife become one person and that person is the husband. Of course. Why so, would it be the wife? That's a little disturbing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so basically, as Crawford points out, single women and widows in this situation actually had more legal rights than married women. And while these kinds of laws don't exist anymore, and name, name changing still does, right? So name, and what the idea of a woman changing her name when she gets married is that it retains this, at least this kind of social sense mm -hmm. that her identity changes when she gets married and her husband's does not. So this is, I mean, for just the idea of someone being called Mrs. Smith, for example, or in extreme cases, funny story told to me by a friend, Mrs. Dr. Smith. Where she was, she was a doctor's wife and was being introduced to all these other doctor's wives in a small town in Oregon and was being called. They were all introducing themselves as, hi, I'm Mrs. Dr. Johnson. I'm Mrs. Dr. Wow. All the various names right. that you can think of. And so this is like a, not only a subsumption, but like a, an idea that a woman's status is also measured by that of her husband. That her, yeah. her identity in a social group is completely defined in terms of who her husband is and what he does. And this is not, I suppose, sort of a, a uniquely Western concept, right? The no. idea of a woman subsuming her identity to her husband's or becoming his property or marriage being a vehicle by which um, a woman is in a position of servitude to her husband. Yeah. Um, there's a very interesting social reformer called um, Periyar who was born E.B. Ramsamy from... Uh, Tamil Nadu, who rejected patriarchy and he questioned the very concept of marriage as being um, a, a concept that's inherently not advantageous to women and he called it servitude. Um, and he believed that he kind of formed, uh, became very famous for this movement called the self-respect movement. And he believed that um, as part of this, he con conceptualized something called a self-respect marriage, where he believed that men and women should, with full agency, enter into a marriage which has nothing to do with religion, did not require parents' um, approval, for example. Um, and very importantly, he said that it is something that could be terminated by either men or women. And he denounced the concept of the 
Mangalsutra. It's a South Indian ceremony, I think, predominantly, from what I know, where the man ties a turmeric, um, a, a thread soaked in turmeric around mm-hmm. the woman's neck, and the knot is tied three times. Okay. Um, it's, it's not North Indian, it's usually a South Indian ceremony. So he believed that this was the equivalent of the woman becoming the man's property. And therefore he said that this, as a ceremony, he denounced it and said that we should no longer do it. So the self-respect movement and the self-respect marriage does not involve the ceremony. Mm-hmm. And there's apparently even now um, in Tamil Nadu, people who come and give up their Mangal Sutras, give up these necklaces that women mm-hmm. wear around their necks um, as, a, as a symbol to say that they're giving up servitude or they're denouncing this whole concept of sort of women being treated as men's property. Right. So it's quite interesting. So this sounds like a pretty awesome feminist dude. What year did you say he was talking about oh, all point. these things? So yeah, <laughs> so he was born in 1879. Right? See, here's the thing. Yes. Feminism isn't new in India or anywhere. Getting back to that, why do people want to change their name? And so for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to play, like talk about a little bit of this sort of positive reasons or reasons that women might give for changing their names and some of this is just anecdotal um and some of it is from some of the similar studies that we've seen so i mean i've had a couple of friends that are kind of outliers but who've been in interesting situations so i had one friend who was a friend of a friend who was adopted and her last name before she got married was that of her adopted parents but she was adopted when she was quite a bit older she didn't really feel tied to that name Mm -hmm. and she actually never fit felt that she fit into her adoptive family and so when she was getting married she wanted to change her name to her husband's last name i mean that was just sort of the obvious name to change to i think for her and it was she wanted her new family that she did belong to and that she wanted and was choosing to be marked by that right and Mm -hmm. so it was kind of a different situation because her identity was not actually very tied to this other random name she had gotten by the family she had that adopted her i had a colleague an older gentleman who um whose last name was um slutsky Mm. now when you see when you when you say slutsky it's all right but when you write it it's s-l-u-t-s-k-y slutsky yeah (laughs) (laughs) so he was telling me that for his daughter's sake yeah. Uh, when he had a daughter, that he got his name changed legally to spell it differently. So he mm. spelt it S L O O T Z K Y, so that she wouldn't have to face that kind of bullying. Yeah. So he didn't change his name completely. Right. Now you could have argued that if name changing wasn't gendered phenomenon, he would have just used his wife's name. Yes, Instead exactly. Of right. Instead of assuming that through, his daughter was going to have his name. And yeah, that that's right. But, but yeah, so this other yeah. friend of mine, like she, she changed her name just because she didn't like her last name, and she like thought her husband's last name was cooler sounding and avoided all the things she'd been made fun of for her whole life. Yeah. And they were sort of super lefty hippies that he was probably more disturbed by her changing her name than she was because she just didn't really care. Um, so you have these situations, right? Or you have yeah. people describe to you why they want to change their names. In terms of the research, this whole idea of family is key. Mm-hmm. That a lot of women say they want to change their names or they, they just decide to change their names because they want to have the same last name as their whole family and particularly of their children. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, raises the question, well, why is it still assumed that the children will have the man's last name? Yep. So that's important. But also from my own experience, I find that justification doesn't bear out in my experience. So my parents got divorced when I was two years old and my mom immediately (laughs) changed her name back to her maiden name for 
parent's last name. And so from the time I was conscious of names, I never had the same last name as my mom. And my parents were divorced and my mom had custody. I saw my dad regularly, but like on the weekends. So in terms of my life in school and anything, any administrative system that involved my last name, it was always my sister and I and my mom. And my sister and I had a different last name and it never once in my entire life made me wonder if I belonged to my mom, if we were in the same family, if my familial relationship to her was less important. I mean, obviously those aren't the words I would have used Mm. as a five-year-old, but it was just, (laughs) it was totally fine. It was my mom. Like, and my mom's parents who also had a different last name were like second (laughs) parents to me and hugely important in my life. It only divides you from your children if you make it into a thing, I think. Yep. Um, At least in my own experience. And you also, you can't be what you can't see, right? So if you have not seen another family where... Um, the children have had a different name to their um, their father, their mother's name. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, where the yes, where the children have had a different name. Then yeah. you have never conceived of a family. You've never seen a family in action yeah. where they're acting like a perfectly functional family, even though they have taken the mother's name. Yeah. Um, my mother didn't take my father's name, so I can't say we're worse off as a family because yeah. because. My mother's always had a different name. I yeah. think a lot of women kind of say that's a part of their um, their becoming a family unit yeah. or planning for a family is that they yeah. want the same name. So I'm not yeah. sure that, that... Well, and I, I mean, the other thing that kind of bothers me about that argument um, for why it's okay to change your name and why it's, um, you know, not about gender or whatever is that on the one hand, you're giving this supremacy to naming. You're saying the naming really matters because it makes us a family. Mm-hmm. Even though I think what we're saying is your actual relationships to one yeah. another are what make you a family. But if your argument is the name matters because it makes you a family. And then the second part of your argument is, but it doesn't really matter if a woman changes her name because naming doesn't matter. Yeah. So True. you just said naming is paramount mm-hmm. in the one way I want it to be. And it doesn't matter at all because if I admit that it matters in terms of gender, then I'm admitting that this is a problem. So I'm just saying, a little yeah. bit of a contradiction. <laughs> <laughs> and if if being a family unit, if having the same name and being a family unit is so important, then we would see a larger percentage of men changing their name. Yeah. Right? Well, right. I think the percentage of men changing their name from the stats that I've seen is less than like 3%. Yeah. Or something yeah. of the sort. So. Well, and when men, I think the idea of men changing their names is seen as an assault on their masculinity. Yeah. It's seen as like the wife must be the one who quote unquote wears the pants in yeah. that family, which is in and of itself sort of evidence of this gender dynamic as one where a man's name being the name of the family is a form of dominance. Not that that man is trying to dominate necessarily, but that if he doesn't, if his name is not the name of the family, somehow he is dominated by his wife, right? It's this kind of like assumption that is implicit in that. And also the implicit assumption is also that it is the woman's responsibility to make the family a family. Yes. Right? By changing her name. Oh my gosh. We could have a whole other podcast about <laughs> care and the expectations of women. Sorry, I interrupted you. But that is the expectation that she takes that fall. And yeah. she, not to mention the legal, the administrative um, battle you have to wage to change her, their name. Um, and the cost that it involves, the inconvenience, changing mm-hmm. social media profiles, email addresses. Yeah. Um, or what about your career I, where you might have built a reputation? And yeah. that shouldn't be the only reason. But if you people know you by a certain name and now suddenly that has to change. I mean, I try and look for 
I try to look for high school friends. I can't find them because yeah. I don't know what their new name is. I was looking for my cousin on Facebook once and randomly found a distant relative in Canada because I forgot that my cousin changed her name when she got married. <laughs> I was looking for Rapidaloo and yep. the Canadian one. You know, this, this whole conversation so far has been about heterosexual marriages between men and women. So to upset that a little bit in the age of marriage equality, sometimes in some places, mm-hmm. <laughs> same-sex marriages, obviously you have a different situation. So I think that that presents a challenge to us in terms of, okay, well, if you have two men who none of whom think that they would ever change their name or two women who would both be expected to change their name in a heterosexual marriage, then what happens? Um, and we found a little research on this. Yeah. So apparently um, lesbian couples were more likely to change their names than um, gay couples. And this is because um, there's not enough statistics to actually go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but the researcher who did this research surmises that perhaps because women are socialized to change their names, yeah. that women therefore who get married to each other are more likely for one of them to take that on right. rather than men who don't, who never lived with this idea that they would change their name upon getting married. Yeah. Yeah. There was also another example um, the researcher used where she talked about a lesbian couple where one of them changed their names mm-hmm. uh, to her partner's name. And this was because she said it just made her feel more safe that when they were traveling together, for example, having the same name uh, would mean that they might pass as family, like sisters, yeah. rather than having a different name. So I think yeah. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, well, and I think for same-sex couples, depending on what country you're in, of course, there's also a whole lot of different legal considerations. So around things like property ownership and hospital visitation oh, and children, so. where people... I mean, homophobia means that people are less likely to recognize your marriage immediately or to grant it the sort of access and value that are given to heterosexual marriages. So if you want to see someone in the hospital, if you want to make sure that everyone knows these kids are both of your kids, I could see where that actually having the same name actually has an effect. But yep. that's that's not about the power of the naming itself alone it's also it's about homophobia it's about this sort of perception that families have a man and a woman as the head of them so again it it complicates things and I think it it means that for me if I'm encountering a friend a woman who has changed her name when she got married I wouldn't automatically assume this woman wasn't a feminist or that this woman you know was subservile or subservient to her husband Um, I'd want to, you know, like you need to know other circumstances and other aspects of that person's who they are and their decision making. But I think at a societal level, it's still obviously a question um, of gender equality and of male dominance that is perhaps more subtle than other forms of male dominance, but matters, right? I mean, it, it assumes less value for women in certain ways and more so because that is its history right right this is how it came about women changed their names because their identity after marriage was considered part of their husbands yeah um and in this 2017 survey in the u.s they're still saying women's identity should be about their marriage and their family and and that should come first and their individual self should come second there's um and no one's expecting that of men yeah (laughs) 
Um, there's to add to that, there was another survey around um, less educated men, which said that they judged a woman's dedication to her husband based on whether she changed her name or not. Yeah. So a lot of women might change their name even though they understood the history and believed in it because they didn't want to have to deal with the hassle of being challenged or yeah. being questioned or being judged as being less of a wife or yeah. less committed or devoted to their husbands. Yeah. Um, it is, though, a feminist issue, and I think we absolutely need to understand this history. I think we need to understand also that women are socialized to believe that this is the right thing to do mm-hmm. and this is the best way forward yeah. um, when you're married. Um, and it also has just become, I think, part of our kind of post-gender, post-feminism wave or conversation, whatever, in at least in like the US and Australia, this kind of assumption that like, well, we're mostly gender equal now and so we don't need to worry about these kinds of things. Yes, it's an archaic hangover from the past, but these days women, you know, we know women can work and own property and have, you know, their own places in the world, so we don't need to worry about this. But I think those kinds of assumptions about this post-gender, post-feminism world have been really recently just exploded by the Me Too movement and by considerations about sexual harassment and violence. And while this is a different conversation, it's sim- it, it should still resonate with us in terms of like, hey, maybe things aren't quite as equal as we thought they were. Well, I think it's part of the battle, right? Yeah. So we might have won this battle. Yes, women are not no longer... Um, uh, marriage is no longer just servitude to women. Yeah. Um, women are not property after they get married. Yeah. Um, so yes, we've won that battle, but we've still a long way to go with regards to gender pay gap yeah. or with regards to violence against women. Um, we still have high rates of um, sexual harassment at work. Women still disproportionately are not considered for management positions. There was a survey that came out today which said women don't want to be managers. Not because yeah. they don't want the responsibility or because they don't want the position, because they know that they will have to work harder and they know yeah. that they won't be seen as leaders even though they're as good yeah. as men. So we've yeah. not won this battle. Right. So this... Well, and we're, all, we're talking about this all in sort of a one category of women, but we know also that women have other parts of their identities and communities that they belong to that affect this as well, affect all of those issues. I think we certainly need to question the traditions that are behind this and then look at what might seem an innocuous, a harmless or a romantic practice. Um, we might see it in different light. As feminists, we have to pick our battles. There are so many battles, unfortunately, to yes. be won. Not all of us believe in the same things yeah. and not all of us can do things that are distinctly feminist all the time yeah so well their own right and saying that marriage as you know part of our social lives that marriage carries this gender unequal practice with it doesn't mean that marriage is bad we're not saying that like if you get married that means you can't be a feminist or that you have you know given up your gender rights or whatever I, th- I think that's the other problem. These conversations get so binary or yeah. these conversations get so polarized that it yeah. seems like you, that if you're critiquing some aspect of marriage, you're suddenly saying that we should dissolve marriage. And some people, that's a really important part of their life. I'm married. I enjoy it. But it, to me, it's about that love and relationship and how families come together. By the same token, we shouldn't then judge or this is not a critique of women who do change their names yeah um a lot of our research suggests that it's probably easier for women to change their names Mm -hmm. right 
Um, so this is by no means doing that. But yeah. feminism is complex. You pick your battles. So whether you want to change your name or not yeah. is up to you. Uh, the point of this is to look at its history and to look at yeah. some of its repercussions. To understand that. Yeah, and you know, despite some of the backlash comments about feminism, I don't think feminism is about women judging each other or, or you know, critiquing or should be decisions. about critiquing each other's decisions. But it is about sort of understanding how these unequal practices are still part of our society. So that wraps up our first episode. We'll post the links to the research we've cited online so you can have a read and look at what other feminists have to say on the topic. So thank you for listening and see you next time. Bye, Deepa. Bye, Amy.